Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. For your goodness. We give you thanks, Lord, that you had knocked on the door of our hearts and you have brought us the knowledge of eternal life. We pray, Father God, that you would continue to increase our knowledge and our desire and our appetite and our hunger and thirst for righteous things, Lord. Now, this world has so many promises, Lord, unkept, unfulfilled, but all your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are true. And we, Father, we want to know about you, Lord, so that we not walk in the ignorance of our foolishness. And this day, Lord, we pray, Father God, that you would reveal to us what world-changing knowledge of God is. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to tell you that the true essence of our faith is our ability to know God. And like we said this morning in Daniel 11:32, the people who know God are those that will be strong and they'll do amazing exploits. Uh, without the knowledge of God, we are rendered uh, nothing but mere brute I don't know if you've ever heard that term, brute beast. Brute, brutish, dumb, uh, ignorant. That's all we are without the knowledge of God. And we'll see uh, throughout the scripture that there's two types of men, two types of people. Those that increase in their knowledge of God and they walk according to what God reveals and they pursue God. And their knowledge grows and increments and increases. And the more you increase in your knowledge of God, the less ignorant or foolish you are. And so sometimes when we don't know how or what or who God is, we are just mere brute animals and beasts. And you should um, acknowledge that reality. You should not be lifted up in a false understanding of who you are. Without the knowledge of God, you are as dumb as a doornail. And you can say with me, and like I said, before I came to the Lord, I was the dumbest guy that I knew, totally ignorant. And so the, one of my first prayers when I found out there was a God that would listen is, God, give me wisdom, because I need it real bad. And so you'll see men of God who acknowledge their need of God. In, in Psalm 73, verse 22, you see one of these men of God, his name is David, and David says this in Psalm 73, verse 22. He says, Lord, um, without you, without your knowledge, I am just a dumb, foolish animal. And I hope that this was your prayer before you met God. Uh, you started saying, Lord, I was so foolish. I was so ignorant. Uh, we use the old Latin word, ignoramus, right? You are a dumb, dumb animal without God. And, and, and David says, I was like a beast before you. And this is not only the description David gives it, it's the description we see that is given for all those who don't desire the knowledge of God. In Jude chapter 1, verse 10, I believe it is. Um, I was just looking for this right there. And, and he says like this, he says... Uh, but they speak wrong about things they don't even know 
and whatever they know by natural teams like brute beast in these things they corrupt themselves so again we have that 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 definition of what a man is without the knowledge of God it doesn't surprise me that those that do not have the knowledge of God go around like just incredible I'm trying to not say any curse words here but dumb stupid they're they're asinine idiots stupid stupid and so like like their their brain is turned off I mean they're doing dumb things how many know the football player uh, McNair uh, multi-million dollar uh, Tennessee Titan quarterback with huge contracts loved by the people famous beautiful wife beautiful children and then he goes out with a little slut and he puts up an apartment for her and buys her an Escalade and gets shot five times in the chest and loses everything only a dummy could do something like that someone who has forsaken the knowledge of God totally dumb 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 and so I can appreciate that that we were born without the knowledge of God our parents didn't serve God we don't know about the Bible we don't know about the men of God we don't know about blessing I understand that that's where I come from I was in college when I was invited to church for the first time but when I heard wisdom I said I want to stop being a fool I want to I want to grow in the knowledge and the wisdom of God and so here in 2nd Peter he says it also he says some men have forsaken knowledge and walk around like total beasts. Um, we could go there in 2 Peter chapter 2. And we will be reading there in... Um, um, verse 2. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. 2 Peter 2 and... They have forsaken the right way. Oh, right there, verse 12. He starts talking about these people who had it, who were about to grab a hold of the knowledge of God. And Peter, we already talked about David, we talked about Jude, and now we're talking Peter, and all three of them using the same word. These, like natural, brute beasts. These guys are animals of the worst kind. Stupid. Um, you know, and he says, they're, they're caught and destroyed in their own messing up. And they've forsaken the knowledge of God. And talking about them, um, these brute beasts, verse 15, they have forsaken the right way. They have decided not to go the right way. Um, they love the wages of unrighteousness. They love doing things wrong. They love the things that they get from doing things wrong. And he says, um, they are like, verse 22, they're like the true proverb, like a dog that goes to eat his vomit. I don't know of anything more disgusting than, than a dog that goes back to eating his vomit, an unclean thing. He says they are also, we're reading Second Peter 2, verse um, 22, 222. 
He says they are like the dog that returns to vomit, and they're like a pig who, after they've been washed up, they go and take a dive in the mud again. You got, you got to be an animal to do that. After you take a bath, what do they do? They go in the dirt again, and so that, that is crazy. But, but that, is, that is the condition of those um, that, that somehow or another didn't have the knowledge of God. I was just hearing a passage of a man who was explaining how the first encyclopedias were put together. Uh, you, if you've ever owned an encyclopedia, you'll know the benefit of things unknown. You go in there and you, tur- you open it up and you start reading about places and people and things you have no knowledge of. And so those of us that are in the dark, not knowing things, the encyclopedia is a blessing because you go over and you find out these things you don't know about. Well, here, the most incredible aspect of any knowledge is, is knowing or coming to the understanding of why were we created, who put us here, what we're to do while we're here, where we're headed, where we're going, and that's the knowledge of God. And it's this knowledge that brings us to salvation. And without it, say with me, we're lost. So aside from a personal experience where you say, I was in my room and I felt the Lord, I say, more power to you, my friend. I think feeling the Lord and having a personal experience of Him manifesting His presence to you is now for you to grow in the knowledge of God. And we do this by approving what better things there are in life. What are the things that God wants us, when he says, I want you to live an abundant life, I want you to live a life above everybody else, how do we do it? It's through the instruction of the word of God as we grow in the knowledge of God. Galatians 4 verse 8, Paul says these words, and I'm going to try and hurry here um, so that we can get a a real good uh, grab on what the Lord has for us this morning. Indeed, Galatians 4, 8, when you did not know God, and we got to start there, guys. we got to start there. And, and I'll tell you how I started. I didn't know God. I thought Christians were freaks. I thought, what are these guys all excited about? I mean, these guys are nuts. They don't drink. They don't sleep around. They don't party. How could you be happy? That was my understanding. So it says, for indeed, when you did not th- uh, know God, you were going after those things that were of a second nature. You were living like a dog. A dog. You know what a dog does? He sees one dog here, he goes after it. He sees one at the next block, he goes after it. That's a dog. And we're not to go around as brute beasts. We're not to go around with animals like that. Um, We are a higher order of creation. But when we didn't know God, we thought we came from who? We thought we came from monkeys. So you thought your animal behavior was normal. And it's not. It's not. And you could say amen right there because I know some of you want to not let go of that. You could say amen. We're not coming from monkeys. We didn't come. We're not just a highly developed animal and now we walk upright and we keep on acting like animals. No. For when we did not know God... We served lesser things. That's what Paul is saying. Verse 9. But now after you know God. I love that. There's a time we didn't know God. So we didn't know what to do. But now that we know God. I'm not going to act like no monkey. For I was created to be in the image and likeness of God. 
I'm to walk around with the dignity and the holiness and the purity and, and the uprightness and the feel-good feeling of being washed. And I don't know if you guys know what that is. Guilt-free, washed, cleansed, pure, holy, clean thoughts here, not tormenting thoughts. Not thoughts if, if I'm gay or not gay. No, no, listen to me. There are pure thoughts here because God created me after his image. He created a man. He created him female, that the two shall be joined together and have family. And that's God, if we have that understanding. But now after you've known God, and more better said, known by God, how is it that you turn again and want to be substandard? How is it you want to forget the knowledge of God? If you've already learned how to do things right, why do you want to do them wrong again? If they've taught you wrong, I was teaching this last Tuesday a, a class in our men's group of sexual integrity. Uh, what is sexuality about? Because what I learned growing up is it's dirty. And the, the dirtier it is, the better it is. No, it's not. It's the most holiest, pure relationship to be enjoyed by one person. The person you decide to marry. The person you commit to until death. That's where sex is awesome. Outside of that, the venereal diseases, the sexually transmitted diseases, the, the, the onslaught of unwanted pregnancies. I, I saw these young men uh, sitting at the hospital, uh, now in Cuba. The young kids, they're like 15 and 16 years old, and they're in the emergency room trying to, and they look over to their girlfriend and they're like, holy, holy moly, you are going to have a baby. They didn't want to have a baby. They were having sex on a Friday night, a Saturday night. They forgot. They snuck into a bedroom. They didn't know the end result. And you see them there at the hospital shaking in their pants, not ready to take on the responsibility of a baby in this world. No money. Hopefully mama will be there for them. And, and, and so that's not what God created in this regards. And so he wants us to move on now that we know God. And, and I want to tell you this. Our commitment to growing in the knowledge of God, 2 Peter 1, 2, he says like this. Here's what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. He says, may you have more grace and more peace multiplied to you. How? In your ability to know God. If you don't know God, you can't have grace. You can't have peace. You're not going to grow in anything. And, and so he goes on to say in verse 3, because it's at this point that you are multiplied in the knowledge of God, that you understand the things of God. And he goes on to say, um, verse 6, knowing that this is how it got started, the good work start, got started as you knew God, and he who started the good work will continue to allow you to grow in this. And it will allow you to grow in more grace and more peace. Philippians 1. And we're reading in verse 9. Paul writes this. The more and more you get to know God, the more and more grace and peace you have. The less and less you get to know God and want to follow Him, the less and less grace and peace you have. And so in Philippians 1 verse 9, he says, This is my prayer. That you might... That your love may abound still more and more in what? In knowledge. 
man, the more you know God, the higher levels of this experience of salvation you shall attain. And, and I'll tell you what happens, and, and this is my concern, that the more and more people learn about God that don't want God, they, they want to run. Let's run. And there's these type of people. They, they don't want to know more God. They have had enough of God than what they want to enjoy. They want to, to, to move about in another experience. He says like this, why do we want to grow more and more in our love towards knowledge? And, and he says, and more discernment, which is deeper insight. Um, verse 10, so that you might be able to uh, decide what is best. So you might be able to approve the things that are excellent. Uh, you, the more you know, the better you get to choose. Uh, that's why the better, uh, you know, the career you have, the more knowledge, the, the, the more precise, the more you, you derive more benefit. I'd rather go to a doctor that knows a lot than a doctor that knows nothing. I'd rather go to a teacher that can teach me, uh, not a teacher that decided that, you know, they, they're through with learning. And so this, the more you learn, you're able to choose better, that you might be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. And he says like this, verse 11, how are we going to be ready for the coming of the Lord? Filled with the fruit of doing right things. Filled with the fruits of right things, which are through this knowledge of Jesus to the glory and praise of the Father. The more his people are wise, the more they can distinguish themselves of being God's people. And, and when I, I see somebody doing stuff real stupid, I say, do me a favor, don't tell anybody you're a Christian. Tell them you're Buddhist or something. Tell them you're like, you know, Jehovah Witness or Mormon. Because the more you know God, the more wisdom has to be in your life, the better decisions. And it would be a travesty if we were a people that made horrible decisions. Our children would say, hey, Dad, thanks a lot, but I'll pass on this thing being a Christian. I see it didn't help you any. Hey, Dad, I'll pass on this reading the Bible because I see you read it and you make all the dumb decisions. But I want to share with you this morning that you should be on a passionate pursuit to know God and, and to learn. Um, there will always be an opposition to this. Who do you think will oppose more learning? The dumb people. I was in school up until 12th grade, and I, I, didn't want, I didn't have an appetite for learning. So every time the teacher tried to teach, I was, I was ah! Mr. Molina, go down to the office, please. That would take me out of the room because I had no appetite for knowledge. And so there's always an opposition of two types of people, those who want to learn and those who have no appetite for learning. Those who, do, who are through, I've heard enough, two plus two is four, there you go. Yeah, but there's multiplication, there's division, there's calculus, there's trigonometry, there's algebra, there's things that, that are increased and they're based on your ability to know up front. So you should ask God and say, God, I want to know you. In John chapter 17, verse 17, he says, this is eternal life, that they might have knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. This is the attainment of the things that God has for us. And in that, in that scenario, when Jesus is praying this last prayer, he says, Lord, that they might know you. That they might have this uh, eternal life which is spoken of here. We're going to go and read that real quick. In um, John chapter 17, and we start reading in... 
he gets in this whole passage of, of that they might know you, that they might walk in the truth, that they might find who you are and, and what you're doing in their lives. And um, let's go ahead and read 17, verse 12. He says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you've given me, I have kept. And none of these is lost except the son of perdition. The scriptures might be fulfilled. But I now come to you, and these I speak in the world. And these things I speak in the world, and they have my joy fulfilled in the heavens. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because the world, um, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but that, that you should keep them from the evil one. In, in this knowledge of God, as they, as they grow in knowing who God is, and knowing who Jesus is, and knowing the word of God, they're set free from all the constraints. And so here it is, that there was a man that was listening to um, a pastor preach, and he says, hey, mister, why are you boring us to death with all this information? I was in the desert last night, and God showed up to me, and it had nothing to do with any scriptural knowledge. And the, the pastor says, yeah, it's great. I'm glad that you had an experience, and I'm sure God showed up with you last night, and you had that personal experience. But the Word of God is that which you need so that you know how to, uh, to take this journey towards where God is leading you. Because it's not just about feeling God. It's about knowing how to traverse in a journey. So the, the example the preacher gave was you can show up to an ocean and there you have the real experience of the presence of the ocean. And so you saw the ocean and you heard it and you're standing on the, on the, on the shore side. Um, but if you go back to something that's called the map of the ocean, you're able to see something that's not real, right? The map of the ocean is not the ocean. But without the map, you can't traverse through the ocean. And so your presence with Christ and you experiencing the Lord, that's the real thing. But you go back to the instruction so you know how to navigate towards the purpose of God. You can't say, I, I have a relationship with Jesus. I don't want to know anything more. No, listen to me. That's like coming up to the ocean and saying that's the real thing. And, and then staying there and not going anywhere. Well, you're going to need a roadmap. You're going to need information to get you on your journey to the other side. And, and fools don't have an appreciation for this. In Jeremiah 4.22, this has been a problem that goes back even to the Old Testament. We'll go real quick. This is what God said about his people. He says, they don't fear me. They do not tremble. They're not in my presence. These children... In Jeremiah 4.22, I'm sorry, I say 5? 4.22, my people are foolish. They have not known me. They're like little children. They have no understanding. When it comes to doing evil, they are wise. But to do good, they have no what? It's not that they don't have God. They don't have any knowledge of God. And, and these things, he says, they are wise to do evil things, but they, they don't do good and they have... Uh, but to do good, they have no knowledge. They, they don't know how to do good. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, says these words. It says, um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. There's some people that don't want to know how to do things right. 
And you'll know that that person that does not have an appetite for instruction, doesn't want to learn, doesn't want to be shown how to do things, you, you'll know quickly, that's, I'm dealing with a fool. Because a wise man is de desiring that he would be instructed by God, that he would walk in this, in this reality. Proverbs 26, 12, it says that a fool uh, has no hope. He's rejected understanding because he's wise in his own eyes. He has his own opinion. He's not going anywhere for instruction. There is more hope for a, a fool than a person who despises instruction, a person that's not interested in the things that God has for him. It says in Colossians 1.9 that our salvation is being filled with the knowledge of what God wants. All the more, every day, I wake up, I say, God, what do you want? Since we heard that there is knowledge, we do not cease to pray and to ask that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual understanding. Some people do not pursue these matters. They don't understand them. In verse 10, it says, so that you might walk according to what God wants, fully pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. How does this happen? Increasing in the knowledge of God. The more you say, God, show me, reveal, uncover. Show me the chapters of my life. Show me where I'm headed. Give me wise counsel. Let me follow and not dispute. It says there in 1 Timothy uh, 1.19 that those who have decided to forego the knowledge of God shipwreck in their faith. And have you seen a Christian that starts out well? He wants to know about God. He wants to know what God wants. He starts pursuing this. And then all of a sudden... He's shipwrecked. There's, like, there's, not a, there's not an appetite for the things of God. There's not a, a desire um, to leave the ignorance of these matters. And you see, when he gets closer into this scenario in chapter 6, he says, Timothy, turn away from those people who all they want to do is to talk without knowledge, who, who want to discuss things without understanding. And because they've done this, we're reading... Uh, 1 Timothy 6.20 Be careful with you've already started on this journey to know God. Guard what was committed. That information you've received. Guard and avoid stay away from those that are just chattering contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. They're not even grounded in truth. In verse 21 he says because those who profess things that are not true have strayed concerning the faith. I, I want to tell you as, as we finish here that the danger of straying away from the right thing, from the counsel, from the instruction, is that you start wandering away from faith. Uh, I had somebody come up and tell me this week that as they look around their lives, they don't see God, they don't see His purposes, they, they feel futile and hopeless, and, and God has disappeared. God has disappeared from their life. And how was it that God disappeared? Wasn't it rather that they wandered from the path of truth? Wasn't it that they that began to desire uh, to walk in their own counsel? Proverbs 18, 1 and 2, it says, those that separate themselves is because they're, they're walking in their own wisdom. Proverbs 18, 1. A man who isolates himself is because he's seeking his own desire and he rages. He can't stand wise judgment. He can't stand wise instruction. He doesn't have an ear for it. He doesn't appreciate it. In verse 2, it says, 
A fool has no delight in understanding. He only desires to express his own heart. How many can appreciate, and I've been saying this for years, and I want to say it again this morning because I, I truly stand on it. I don't want to hang out with foolish people. I'm done. I'm done hanging out with stupid people. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 20, he who is a companion of a fool will be destroyed. He who wants to hang out with people that are just concerned about expressing their own sentiment, that will lead to destruction. But he who walks with a wise man will be wiser. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. I don't know who McNair was hanging out on that day or who were his friends that were giving him the thumbs up that cheating on his wife was cool. Who, who didn't stand there on the gap to give him the wise instruction? The Bible says the, the wages of sin is death. The payment of adultery is, is, is taken to a slaughterhouse. Her feet will lead you to, to the very steps of hell. And so this morning, I, I want to encourage the body of Christ. I want to encourage those of you who have an appetite for hunger and wisdom. Uh, ask God for further instruction. Ask Him for further insight. Seek it out like gold. Seek it out like silver. Desire it more than anything. Desire the, the instruction. Don't, don't have your own opinion about matters you haven't discussed with the Lord. In Titus chapter 1, verse 9. He says, holding fast to faithful words that have been taught so that you might be able to stand in sound doctrine. Start telling people about truth, about instruction, so it could convict them that they're headed the wrong way, those who contradict. Why would he have us do this? Verse 10, for there are many rebellious people. They're people that are just talkers. They're deceivers. They're walking outside of the knowledge of God. But you continue in that which you've been taught. Continue in that which you've learned. Grow in it. Ask God for more. Ask God for more instruction. I love what God's heart is in Psalm 34, 11. Listen to the voice of God this morning as this is the message that he's trying to deliver to you as you have made time to come to the house of God to receive his word. And these are the words that he tells you in Psalm 34, verse 11. Come, my children. Listen to me and I'll teach you the fear of the Lord come to the house of God come to learn what it is to fear fear God Proverbs 15 14 says the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge let's read that real quick Proverbs 15 14 there's a heart of him who who wants to stop being an animal stop being a bruise stop hanging a brute stop hanging out as a mere monkey and his heart is for understanding so he seeks knowledge Proverbs 15 14 but the mouth of the fool only feeds on foolishness they, they repeat things that are not right they, they pursue things that are wrong they, they stand against all sound wisdom the heart of him who has understanding who's not like an animal seeks knowledge but the mouth of a fool feeds on foolishness let's stand up this morning and tell the Lord, you're on a journey. Those of you that didn't know God, now you're knowing God. And thank God for friends, family. Thank God for people that, that are encouraging you to learn more about God. And I'll tell you something this morning. That those who have been given already the knowledge of God, all those that already know who God is and what God demands and desire not to walk in that, 
are reversing back unto destruction. They're headed in the wrong way. And, and in this place where we spend so much attention on, on acquiring the wisdom of God, that's what Spring of Life is all about. We who once did not know God, now we know God. We want what God has for us. We're learning how to do things. We're learning how to think. We're learning how to speak. We're learning how to walk. We're learning with who we walk. We're learning how to serve the Lord. Who would have thought that we would know how to serve the Lord? We, we're learning how to prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ. I didn't even know that there was such a thing when I walked in here. I was in college. Nobody had ever told me that Jesus is about to return. And I wasn't preparing for his return because I was walking like a total animal. Proverbs 13, 15, a good understanding brings favor into your life. If you know how to do things, then good things happen. But the way of the unfaithful is hard, it's difficult. The way of a foolish man is hard. He has God in none of his thoughts. Psalm 14, 1 says, the foolish man has said in his heart, there is no God. There's no accountability. I, I don't have to even serve God. I don't have to know God. That's the heart of a fool. So I say, if that's the heart of a fool, the heart of a wise man has to say, there is a God. And so if there is a God, let us know him and let us serve him. Let's not walk foolishly. Father, I give you thanks this morning. That you thought it worthwhile to pour out your knowledge upon us, Lord. So that we can walk differently. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And we know that we have been created to serve you with excellence, to glorify your name, to be filled with all wisdom and grace, to not walk in confusion, uncertainty, ignorance. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. Your knowledge enlightens our understanding. In Romans 1.28 says, Romans 1.28, it says, because they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, they became like total animals being led by their passions. Father, but you've taught us a better way. You have filled us with a better ability to make the right decisions. I pray that we would grow in this understanding that every generation of the righteous would be more amazing, Lord, as they become wise and powerful and mighty upon the land. Fill us with all your wisdom, Lord. Fill us with an appetite for instruction, to love correction, to be counseled by the multitude of counsel so that we might continue to grow as your people. And have mercy on us, Lord, for the time that has passed and we have continued in our foolishness. And we have paid the price, the high price of being lost in our way, Lord. I give you thanks for your presence in our lives. And I ask, Lord, that you would bless every person that has come here to your house today, Lord. That they might be lifted up and prepared to serve you and to honor you. And that their lives might reflect your glory. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Go ahead and greet one another in the love.